0: Well, praise, the Lord. praise the Lord. We will be continuing the series "God is" this evening. When one mentions the word "God is," a lot of words describing Him or expressing what He is comes to mind. Y'all can be seated. Before I was brought into this precious truth. My response, like many, would have been, and still is, God is love, or God is holy, or God is merciful. He is merciful, and the scripture does say that his mercy endures forever, but we don't need to take his mercy, we don't need to abuse his mercy. You know, he says, I will show mercy on whom I will show mercy. God is faithful, the the scriptures declare that great is thy faithfulness. God is light, and in him there is no darkness. God is almighty, all-knowing and all-present. God is the way. There is only one way, ladies and gentlemen. You cannot go your way and I go mine and we meet in heaven. If that is your ideology or mentality, we're going to split hell wide open. There is only one way, and he is the way. But after being brought into this truth, or should I say the truth, the first word I think of when God is, is God is one. And continuing this series, that is going to be the title tonight, that God is one. There is only one true God. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. Hear, hearken, pay attention, discerns what he's saying. I used to think back before I was brought into this truth, you know, here, like H-E-R-E. Hear, O Israel. No, here, pay attention, listen. The Lord our God is one Lord. I am the first and I am the last. Beside me there is no God. I know not any. I am the Lord, and there is none else. There is no God beside me. Isaiah 45 5. Thou believest that there is one God? Thou doest well. The devils also believe and tremble. I was going to have Gary put this on the screen tonight, but the, the screens are down. Mark 1, 24 And there was in their synagogue a man with an unclean spirit And he cried out, saying, Let us alone What have we to do with thee, thou Jesus of Nazareth? Art thou come to destroy us? I know thee who thou art, the Holy One of God Woo! The devils know that there is only one God And if you believe not that I am he, ye shall die in your sins. Pretty self-explanatory, but the God of this world has blinded the minds of many. For there is one God and one mediator between God and men, the man Christ Jesus. There are over 50 passages of scripture that teach that God is one and that there is no other. No other truth of scripture receives more prominence than the oneness of God. The oneness of God was the special truth that was committed to Israel to preserve among the nations of the earth. This was the great revelation of himself that God gave to Abraham and which was passed down to the entire nation of Israel as a sacred trust. A multiplication of gods is a contradiction. There can be but one supreme being, one God. Such a being cannot be multiplied nor pluralized. There can be but one ultimate all-inclusive God that at the name of Jesus every knee shall bow before before I was brought into this truth I used to think that there was three. before I I read and studied the scriptures I used to think that there was three thrones in heaven but look at it on this wise that at the name of Jesus every knee shall bow so what what the father if if Jesus isn't the creator if Jesus isn't the father what the father at the name of Jesus is going to come off his throne and bow no sir there is but one God The oneness of God is the great truth and message of the Old Testament. The Jews sought to stone Jesus because he laid claim to deity and said, For a good work we stone thee not, but for blasphemy, and because that thou being a man, makest thyself God. I tell you what blasphemy is, and that's believing in a trinity. That's blasphemous in and of itself. The truth taught in the Old Testament is never contradicted in the New Testament, but rather fulfilled. The oneness of God is a numerical oneness. For I am the Lord thy God, the Holy One of Israel, Amen. thy Savior. Again, Mark one twenty-four. the unclean spirit said, I know thee who thou art, speaking of Jesus, the Holy One of God. I, even I, am the Lord, and beside me there is no Savior. Churches that hold to the Trinitarian tradition claim that the oneness as related to God denotes a compound unity in the sense that a husband and wife are one flesh, and the members of the church are to be as one. This is incorrect. For the Bible teaches a numerical oneness as related to God. If God were not one in the numerical sense, why does He declare that He is the Holy One of Israel? Why does He say, There is no God beside me? Why does He declare, Beside me, there is no Savior? God claims to have performed the work of creation alone. And yet in the New Testament, we read that all things were made by Jesus, the Logos. And without him was not anything made that was made. If God be not a numerical one, how could Jesus, who is supposed to be the second person, claim to have power to forgive sins, which is the absolute prerogative of God? There is only one correct conclusion God is one in the numerical sense Amen. Amen. Oneness is the com- in the compound sense as related to God is absolutely incorrect God knows no other God Is there a God beside me? Yea, there is no God I know not any God possesses the attribute omniscience God knows all things. God is absolutely perfect in knowledge. God knows everything in the past, present, and future. That's just mind blowing to me. You know he, he know, he knows the ending from the beginning. God knows everything throughout the entire universe, nothing is hidden from his understanding. Hebrews 4:13 But all things are naked and open unto the eyes of him with whom we have to do. Yet there is one thing God does not know. He does not know any other god. The fact that God knows no other god certainly makes it useless for a man to look for God somewhere. There is no other god. God is one. The Hebrew word Elohim refers to the sum of powers displayed by God. So they weighed for my price 30 pieces of silver in Zechariah. Elohim is a Hebrew word in the plural form translated God in our Bibles. Trinitarian, Trinitarians argue that this means the plurality of persona in the Godhead. There are three times that the Godhead is mentioned in the Bible: Acts 17:29, Romans 1:20, and Colossians 2 and 9. I used to think that the Godhead was God thy Father, God thy Son, God thy Holy Spirit. That is a lie. The Godhead means deity, divine nature and fullness of spirit. However, Elohim is a title of deity placed in the plural to express the superlative in the highest possible degree. The titles signify a plurality of attributes such as power, holiness, knowledge, and etc. We shall quote from Smith's Bible Dictionary. The plural form of Elohim has given rise to much discussion. The fanciful idea that is referred to as the Trinity of Persons in the Godhead hardly finds now a supporter among scholars. It is either what grammarians call the plural of majesty or it denotes the fullness of divine strength, the sum of powers displayed by God. The question might be asked, why did the Jews, knowing that Elohim was plural, cling so tenaciously to the oneness of God? Elohim is applied to Jesus Christ in the following scriptures. Zechariah 11, Elohim was sold for 30 pieces of silver. Zechariah 14:5, Elohim is coming back as king. Zechariah 12.10, Elohim was pierced at Calvary. The Jews to whom the word of God came knew that Elohim was plural, but never for a moment believed that there was more than one God. The true significance of the title Elohim is a plurality of attributes and powers. The plural personal pronouns, us and ours, simply mean that creation was not done in secret. And God said, let us make man in our image after our likeness, Genesis 1, 26. He wasn't speaking to another God beside him. He was counseling himself. Ephesians 1.11, who worketh all things after the counsel of his own will. So God created man in his own image, in his own image. In the image of God created he him, male and female created he them. And the Lord God said, behold, the man is become as one of us to know good and evil also, I heard the voice of the Lord saying, "Whom shall I send, and who will go for us?" Isaiah 6:8. Those who claim that the plural personal pronouns refer to a plurality of persons in the Godhead have not read Genesis 1:27 very carefully, for this verse makes it all very clear. Elohim created man in his image. The image of Elohim created he him. The singular personal pronouns, his and he, states very clearly that the creation was the work of one divine person. Also, verses 3 and 10 of the first chapter of John's gospel makes this very clear. The word was made by him, speaking of Jesus. If God is a plurality of persons and if man was created in the image of God, why is not man a plurality of persons? Huh? Man is threefold, body, soul, and spirit, but only one person. The meaning of us and our must have the same explanation as in Genesis 3.22 and Isaiah 6.8. In these verses, the personal pronouns clearly refer to God and the cherubim and God and the seraphim. In each case, the plural pronouns referred to God and the angels. He did not counsel with the angels in the sense of seeking instruction. Again, he counsels himself, but he was speaking to the angels that were there with him. However, he did take them in. His confidence creation was not done in secret The writer has often illustrated this fact by referring to the time when he was a school teacher He could stand at the blackboard and say let us draw a man He would then proceed to draw the picture of a man Who drew the picture? How many teachers were there? To whom did the pronoun us refer? The Trinity tradition is not scriptural. The word Trinity is not in the Bible. The doctrine called the Trinity was introduced by the Roman Catholic Synod at the beginning of the 4th century at the Nicene Council in 325 A.D. The Athanasian Creed later made the Trinity a fundamental tenet. It kept company with other Roman Catholic tenets such as transubstantiation, indulgence, mariality, infallibility of the Pope, purgatory, and etc. Unfortunately, when Protestants repudiated the above fallacies, they held on to the error of the Trinity, maintaining a vital link with the false and unscriptural creeds Of the Roman Catholic Church. The word persons when used regarding the Godhead does violence to the absolute oneness of God. Dividing God into three persons makes three gods which is tritheism regardless of how it may be argued otherwise. God is three in one not the one in three. The doctrine of the Trinity leads to much confusion and contradiction. God is not the author of confusion, and there is no contradiction in the Word of God. God is one. Another scripture I was going to have Brother Gary put on the screen Mark 12 28 through 30. And one of the scribes came. The scribes was always trying to catch Jesus up. And one of the scribes came and having heard them reasoning together and perceiving that he had answered them well, asked him, Which is the first commandment of all? And Jesus answered him, The first of all commandments is, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. And thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, and with all thy soul, and with all thy mind, and with all thy strength. This is the first commandment. If it's the first commandment, it's what you better get first. And the second is like, namely this, thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. There is no other commandment greater than these. Now check this out. And the scribe said unto him, Well, Master, thou hast said the truth. For there is one God, and there is none other but he. Never once does the Bible mention a trinity. Jesus is the Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end. He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. I am the Lord your God, and I change not. God is a spirit, and a spirit has no blood. He had to manifest himself in flesh to shed his blood. Hebrews 9.22, and almost all things are by the law purged with blood. And without shedding of blood, there is no remission. First Timothy 3.16 You know to to a Trinitarian A lot of things are controversial But the word of God Which I hold fast to says And without controversy No argument And without controversy Great is the mystery of godliness God was manifest in the flesh Justified in the spirit Seen of angels, preached unto the Gentiles, believed on in the world, and received up into glory. Hebrews 1.3, who being the brightness of his glory, oh hallelujah, and the express image of his person, and upholding all things by the word of his power. When he had by himself purged our sins. Colossians 1.15 Who is the image of the invisible God? 2 Corinthians 3.17 We quote this scripture almost every service. Where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. But how that starts out is the Lord is that spirit. The Lord is that spirit, and where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. God is a spirit, and they that worship Him, not them, he that worship Him must worship Him in spirit and truth. Allow me to put it on this wise I am a son, I am a brother, I am a friend. I'm an employee, a co-worker, and so on. I am still only one person. God has different manifestations, yet he is still one. He even manifested himself as a burning bush to Moses. There is not three thrones in heaven. Revelation 4, 2. And immediately... I was in the spirit, and behold a throne was set in heaven, and one sat on the throne. Oh hallelujah. First John five twenty and we know that the Son of God is come and hath given us an understanding that we may know him that is true. And we are in him that is true, even in his Son Jesus Christ. This is the true God and eternal life. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God, and the Word was made flesh. If Jesus isn't the Father, then how was he in the beginning? He's the Word. Okay? Colossians 2 9 For in him dwelleth all the fullness of the Godhead bodily And I love verse 10 And ye are complete in him The Godhead there isn't speaking of God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit The Godhead there is the fullness of the Spirit of God For in him dwelleth all the fullness of the Spirit of God bodily Isaiah 9, 6, for unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulders, and his name shall be called, his name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, the Mighty God, Everlasting Father, and the Prince of Peace. Now Malachi 2.10 says, have we not all one Father? Have we not, have have not one God created us? If Jesus wasn't the Father in creation, John 1.3 again says, all things were made by him. Speaking of Jesus. And without him was nothing, anything made that was made. Sounds like the creator to me. Colossians 1, 16, for by him were all things created that are in heaven, that are in earth, visible and invisible. Neither they be, whether they be thrones or dominions or principalities or powers, all things were created by him and for him. And he is before all things and by him all things consist. Sounds like the Father in creation to me. John 10:30, I and my Father are one. He that has seen me has seen the Father. How sayest thou then, show us the Father? Revelations 22:13, Jesus speaking, I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. The first and the last. If Jesus isn't the Father, how could he be the first? How could he be the beginning? Revelation 1 8, I am the Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end, saith the Lord, which is and was and is to come, the Almighty. For there are three that bear record in heaven, the Father, the Word, and the Holy Ghost. And these three are one. 1 Corinthians 8, 6. But unto us there is but one God, the Father, of whom all are all things, and we in him. And one Lord Jesus Christ, by whom are all things, and we by him. It gets to me uh, how one can call themselves a, a, a Trinitarian theologian. They, they don't even go hand in hand. You're, you're a, a studier of the word. You know, you're a scholar of the word. And I'm not, I'm not trying to make light of it. You know, the, the, the God of this world has blinded their eyes. You know, I pray for them. I pray for the scales to fall, that, 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 that the eyes of their hearts would be opened. But we've got to have a love of the truth and and, and, and to study, to show yourself approved, rightly dividing the word of truth. There are a lot of denominations based on man-made doctrines. The Bible warns you of this. Colossians 2.8, beware lest any man spoil you through philosophy and vain deceit after the traditions of men. After the rudiments of the world and not after Christ. Beware lest any man spoil you. That doesn't. That's not referring to like a, a spoiled milk. That's like the spoils of war. Beware lest any man take you. We've got to be line upon line and precept upon precept. The word of God is not a salad bar. You can't say, well... Oh, call on the name of the Lord and you shall be saved Man, I love that one Give me a triple portion of that Come out from among them Be ye separate saith God, touch not the unclean thing Ah, no, nah, nah That, that kind of upsets my stomach That gives me heartburn No, nah, you can keep that No, nah, you got to be line upon line And precept upon precept God will never change his word To fit your world But I'm here to tell you, he will change your world to fit his word. When Brother Caleb Herring was here, and he was saying, you know, that we have dominion over the Jezebel spirit, God spoke one word to me, one name actually, and that is Athaliah. And that's all he spoke right then. And the next day I went to him in prayer. God, what are you saying? And he was telling me that there is a spirit of Athaliah in this church. Athaliah tried to kill the royal seed. And that spirit is here. And... I come against that spirit right now in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Ooh. Bishop, I'm just going to get on out there for a second. If, if I need to take an open rebuke, I will, but if you don't go to that prayer room, don't come out here praying for other people. Don't you know I take I take my salvation very seriously as do I yours. Before I lay hands on anybody, I'm emptying me of myself. You know. Come on. Come on. You know the difference between Saul and David? Saul was, was after the position and the people. David was after the presence. Saul, Saul said, yeah, Samuel, Samuel, I did sin. I did sin, but hey, check this out. Why don't, why don't we just have a big sacrifice to let the people think everything's okay and let me hold my position? David said, God, I have sinned. Against thee and thee alone have I sinned. You can have this kingdom, just don't take thy Holy Spirit from me. We need to have We need to have the heartbeat and mindset of David. Saul and Absalom was searching diligently for David. And I can't remember the guy's name, but there there was a guy on the mountaintop just taunting David, taunting him, taunting him. And one of his soldiers said, Lord, or David, just give me the word and I'm going to take his head off. You know what David's response was? He said, no, no, it may just be that he's been sent here by God to humble me. Mm. How much of Jesus do you really want? And how much of yourself are you willing to give? You say you believe this word. Does your behavior contradict your belief? Does your walk match your talk? It costs you something to be used of God. A lot of people ain't willing to pay the price. You know, I was in a boot store and seen a nice pair of boots. I wanted them until I seen the price. A lot of people want to be used of God or want the anointing, but they don't want to make the sacrifices. Let me tell you, the devil is like a credit card. He'll give you everything up front, but it's going to cost you something dearly in the end. God is just the opposite. It's going to cost you something up front, but the rewards are great in the end. There's a lot of people that that desire God's provision. And he is the Lord who provides, no doubt. But they desire his provision and not the transformation. I want to be transformed into his image. When When a pastor, when Pastor Darren or a prophet, or an evangelist, or any anointed vessel of God speaks into your life, you don't need to take that light. You need to take heed. Yeah. You know, they considered Paul a prisoner and not a preacher. Guess what? They ended up shipwrecked. Yeah. Oh, he don't, he don't know nothing. He's just a prisoner. Y'all are we're going to have a big wreck here. Come on. Mm. You know, I spiritually feel like i have not now, but in the past, I've been to hell and back in my life. And if there's anybody in here that feels like they're going through hell, I've got a word for you. Don't come up out of there empty-handed. When Jesus went to hell, he came up out of there with the keys to death, hell, and the grave. If you're going through hell, don't come up out of there empty-handed. Come up out of there with an anointing. Come up out of there with the marriage. Come up out of there with the family. Come up out of there with the revelation. Sometimes being on fire for God means that you have to go through the fire with God. But his fire isn't there to destroy you, it's there to purge you. Some of y'all might feel like you're being sifted. That's not a bad thing. You you don't sift trash. You know, there there might might be some chaff in there, but there's some harvest too. Just let the Lord sift you. Mm. Well, I hear we're going to the river tonight. Would y'all just lift your voices, your hands, and your hearts unto the Lord? Mighty God, Lord, I ask that you would give us eyes to see, ears to hear, and a heart to understand what your Spirit is saying to us. Lord, I ask that you would allow the scales to fall from the eyes. Lord, let the scabs fall from the heart, mighty God, that we would become sensitive to your Holy Spirit. That we would be more led by your Holy Spirit God I ask that you would lead us guide us and direct us into the ways in which you would have us to go leaning not on our own understanding mighty God but putting full faith and trust in you God at times we know not what is best but you are all-knowing You know the ending from the beginning. You are the author and finisher of our faith. Lord Jesus, you have begun a good work in us, and I pray that you will see it through until the day of your return. God, I want to thank you. I want to thank you for pulling us out of a life of darkness and into your marvelous light. I want to thank you for pulling us out of the miry clay, mighty God. God, I ask that you would loose your ministering angels, mighty God, and be- begin to minister to those that are become the heirs of salvation. Lord, we are nothing without you. In and of ourselves, we can do nothing. But with you, through you, and by you, all things are possible to them that believe. Lord, your word declares that let no schism be in the body. Lord, I speak unity. I ask that you would unify us in the Holy Spirit and bring us under one mind and one accord. God, I ask that you would give us the heartbeat of a laborer. God, it's not enough for us to be saved while we sit by and watch the world perish. Oh, God, I pray that you would have your way in our life, Lord. If our will does not line up with your will, I pray that you would take our will from us, that your will may be made manifest, Lord. Take us by the hand and lead us down the paths of salvation for your name's sake and for our soul's sake. Lord, I want to thank you for all that you've done and all that you're doing and all that you're going to do. Although weapons may be formed against us, they shall not prosper. For greater is he that is in we than he that is in the world. Oh, God, I want to thank you for your word. It is your word that is a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. It is your word that teaches us, that reproves us, that leads us and guides us. It is your word that is forever settled in heaven. Oh, God. If there be any among us that have not a love for the truth, I pray that you would plant a seed for the love of the truth in their hearts this night. It's not enough to know this truth. We've got to love it. We've got to eat it. We've got to digest it. We've got to speak it. We've got to live it. Brothers and sisters, we're going to be judged by these books if you're not in the book. I suggest you get in the book. Ignorance is not a bliss. Matter of fact, do you know what the beginning of the word ignorance is? Ignore. You can't ignore this truth and expect to make heaven your home. Well, I'm done with the Bible study. (laughs) To be honest with you, I'm not really sure how to bring this to an (laughs) end. Guess you're dismissed in the fear of the Lord. <laughs> oh, okay. Who's getting We're getting Who's getting baptized, Brother Ash? Evan. Your brother. All right. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. <laughs> Hallelujah. Well, the waters of the baptism have been troubled, and we thank you, mighty God.